It's time for JT the Brick. It's exactly what I dreaded. The best part is we're not done. Rolling into the Super Bowl, and it's an actual nightmare. I could care less. I don't like these two teams. I don't care about this game. I'm not rooting for either one. Is this a bucket list Super Bowl for you? It is absolutely not for me. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. Let's just have a good time trashing these teams if we don't like them. JT the Brick. Believe it, baby. We're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go get us another one. Am I furious about it? Hell yeah, I'm furious about it. The only thing I can tell you is that we got to deal with it. We got to deal with it, and we got to make it work. But if I had my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. Does that mean you have to root for the Niners? Hell no. You don't have to root for anybody. No one's telling you what to do. The reason to root against the Chiefs, if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, they are documented a dynasty. I really can't believe this is happening. And now, woo! Here's JT the Brick. Hour number two of the show, JT in Vegas, home of the Super Bowl. That just came to a conclusion. Kansas City wins 25-22. to They're our newest dynasty in the NFL, and they won a game in overtime, which made it very dramatic here. Uh, for the 49er fans who listen, we respect you. I was hoping they'd win the game so Kansas City wouldn't, but the Niners had a chance to win. They just can't close. The Niners and Kyle Shanahan are not great closers, I don't, I don't care how good. I think they're the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. I don't, if they make it, I'll say the same thing. They'll probably be up in the Super Bowl by 10 points and lose. They, they feel the heat. Kyle Shanahan did not call great plays, and Steve Spagnola outplayed him in a chess match. And the defense, you know the defense was going to blitz with Chris Jones. You got to double-team him. He had a free look at the end of the game. Are you kidding me? No one's blocking him. What was that all about? Brock Purdy played okay, didn't play bad, didn't play great. Could he have won the game? Sure. Because Mahomes and them got off to a real slow start. They got off to such a slow start that Purdy could have built the 13-point lead instead of a 10. And did they lose the game because they missed a point uh, point extra? They they missed a kick after a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. That was a big play. Purdy, 23-38, 255, a touchdown. No interceptions. Mahomes, the MVP. 34 of 46, 333, two touchdowns and an interception. He was sacked three times in the game. Christian McCaffrey ran for 80 yards. Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher. For the Chiefs, he had 65 in the game. What is your reaction to what happened? How are you feeling today on this? Are you sick to your stomach? Or are you saying as a Raider fan, hey, we lost to the, we lost to the world champs, but we beat the world champs in their building in Arrowhead. That's one way to look at it. I cannot believe how Kansas City won. I don't think they played good enough to win the Super Bowl, and they did. That was a bad game in the first half. It's a good ending, no doubt. You go to overtime in the Super Bowl, it's fantastic. Only the second time that's ever happened. But in my opinion, San Francisco should have won the game. Not easily, but by more than a touchdown. I thought they could have extended the lead multiple times. They couldn't do it. They left the door open for Patrick Mahomes. He's like a burglar. You leave the doors open, he's going to break in. He was able to break in and win and steal the trophy. 702-365-9200. We'll get to some of the highlights coming up in a moment. First Raider, Mike, checking in. Mike, thanks for being patient. Go ahead. What's up, JT? Um, Gut punch. That's all it is. We're Raider Nation. Take the gut punch, shrug it off, and move on down the line. First time in my life. I'm rolling around in my home city, new home city, saying, 
to Weiner fans, please take the Muppet King down. You can't keep rising. This has to end. The madness has to end. I was in L.A., though, when the Niners destroyed the Donkeys 55-10 to 10 for that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I did root for him. was that, 35, 36 years ago? I don't care. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's time to move on and get on to Raider things. Mm-hmm. The worst nightmare happened, and uh, we got through it. And we've got one of the nastiest defenses on the rise, which was our calling card. And people say we weren't a dynasty. No. Three Super Bowls in seven years is a dynasty. Mm -hmm. Four for the Steelers and six. You know, I I could go on and on. We've had a dynasty. We have to end the dynasty now that's in front of us. The Muppet Kingdom has to go down. Appreciate the call. You're going to be responsible for that. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, A couple of things. They are a dynasty. They've won three out of five, two in a row. That's enough. Three out of five is a dynasty. You start doing three out of seven, three out of nine. No, it's not a dynasty. But you could say that with the Raiders and what they were able to do from Super Bowl 11, 15, and 18, all clumped in pretty closely. Different eras, though. The Stabler era to the Plunkett era. But I get where you're going there. Uh, we're trying to get your reaction on how you feel today and well, how this will motivate you as a Raider fan going forward. I think Raider fans are down today. If this was a regular post-game Super Bowl show, I'd have, I wouldn't have much. I'd just be telling you about the game, Super Bowl. Hey, this is what happened in the third quarter. This is what happened in the first play of the fourth quarter. But Raider fans had to watch two teams in their building that they don't like at all, and the one I think they hate, the Kansas City Chiefs, win. That has to do something to light a fire here. And I think it will do that with Antonio Pierce. He's the one guy that doesn't like any of this crap that's going on. He respects it all, but he doesn't like it. He's more connected with the fans than any coach I've seen since Gruden. Gruden was very connected to the fans here. Coach Pierce is all over town, meet and greet, signings, coming on Radio Row, going on all the TV shows, selling the Raiders' future. And he's a guy that can go in and, and go head-to-head with Kansas City in years to come. We'll have the offseason to talk about the personnel the Raiders need to hire. 702-365-9200, your reaction from the Super Bowl. That's the show. How did you watch it? Where did you watch it? What did you think of it? You see all those viral videos of Niner fans throwing their TVs to the ground? Always like that the day after the Super Bowl, the losing team, being a party, and they take that big screen TV and they punch it and then they throw it on the ground. There's a few beauties out there today. Viral all over the place. Dave is in Henderson. Thanks for waiting, Dave. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So uh, I'm primarily, number one, a Bengals fan, but number two team is my Ra- Raiders. So we Bengals fans and Raiders fans have something in common, obviously. It's the uh, rivalry with the Chiefs. Obviously, maybe the Raiders more so since they're in the same division. But uh, So I'm, I'm uh, hurting as well. But looking at the big picture here, of what the Raiders are going to have to do moving forward. And, and the answer is, you had another caller touch on it, but it's the starting quarterback. And if you look at the top, I'll say, 15 teams in the NFL that consistently, year after year after year, contend for playoffs. I've got nine in the AFC and six in the NFC, and every single one of them have a franchise quarterback. Look at the Bengals, for example. Their franchise quarterback goes down this year. They don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the, the Raiders have to rekey their entire 
efforts off season here to focus on this because I'm sorry, Aiden O'Connell's a great guy. He had his moments during the season, but he's just not an elite level. If you go down the list of the AFC and the NFC teams at the top 15, maybe 13, that means you've got 17 or 18 teams in the NFL that just don't have that elusive starting quarterback. And unfortunately, or franchise quarterback, and unfortunately, very unfortunately, the Raiders are one of those teams. And, you know, I hope Aiden O'Connell has a, I don't know, an epiphany moment and something clicks and he becomes mm-hmm. approaching elite, but uh, that's, I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I, I think the Raiders have got a major void there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense is great. I mean, Mad Max is fantastic. Uh, you know, every, everybody would walk through hell in a gasoline suit for that guy. And, and AP is, is the right guy for the team as the head coach right now. But that one piece is missing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on yeah. that. And, and, and it, yeah, I got you. It, it's, appreciate yeah, the it. Let me yeah, jump in. I appreciate it. I'll give you my thoughts. I, I think the Raiders should trade up and get a young quarterback like Jaden Daniels. I'm not going to change my mind on that. If Tom Telesco doesn't want to do that and he goes in a different direction, I'll support it. But I'll give my opinion, as always, beforehand. I think Jaden Daniels is the only reasonable guy you can get. You can't, you're not going to be able to get Caleb Williams. I don't think Drake May is the choice of the Raiders. I think Jaden Daniels is. If you want to take Michael Penix or Bo Nix in the first round, I'd roll with that just to get some competition for Aiden. But Aiden can play. Aiden's a good player. He's a good young quarterback who's thrown into the fire last year and proved himself. And again, there were games that he didn't play well, and the Raiders were able to win. I mean, he doesn't throw a complete a pass after the first quarter, but the team beats Kansas City. I'll give Aiden credit. He's the quarterback of the team that won. Aiden didn't throw every touchdown or was involved with every play in the 63 points. 63 all-time record for the Raiders, but he was the starting quarterback. Deserves credit for that. You need a quarterback when the pocket breaks down that can run for a first down. That's what happened. I've told you why the Niners lost. They had a second and five at the 35-yard line of Kansas City, and they didn't have a quarterback who could run at the time. Could have ran a design play for a running quarterback to pick that up and win the Super Bowl and end the game, pretty much end the game, and kick a shorter field goal with maybe under 40 seconds to go in the game. That's why San Francisco didn't win. San Francisco didn't win because they couldn't control Chris Jones. And the rush, and they had a bunch of guys banged up who were playing there, and it came back to haunt them. How about Trent Williams, a future Hall of Famer? All the penalties he had early in the game, back-to-back penalties. Niners muffed the punt. The extra point that was blocked. All of it, all of it was enough to lose the game. Christian McCaffrey had a fumble, even though he had 80 yards receiving and 80 yards on the ground. He had a fumble. It was a sloppy game for San Francisco because they could have ran away with it early. I thought the score at the end of the first half should have been 17-3. to Then you play even the rest of the game, you win the Super Bowl. They weren't able to sustain that. John in San Diego is on the flagship of the Raiders. Hello, John. How you doing, JT? Good, John. Thanks. Hey, man, I have a whole different perspective as an original Oakland Raider fan. Since 1968, we dominated the Bay Area. I'm an East Bay guy. And we never we, – the Niners were just an afterthought with the Giants. And then uh, Bill Walsh and uh, Montana came, and then we had to kind of share share the wealth with them and share the power of the Bay Area. So for me, moving to San Diego in 2000, 
it was kind of nice to get away from the Niner fans, but I can tell you yesterday I was sure happy to see the Chiefs, who we just beat on Christmas, convincingly beat the 49ers in our house. And I had no problem with that because all we hear is the Niners this and Niners that as Raider fans in Oakland. It's always been a rivalry, as you well know, JT. And for me, uh, you know, we got different patches. You got the LA fans, you got the Vegas fans now. So, you know, I'm just speaking on the behalf of the Oakland fans, and I'm sure almost 90% of them feel the same way I do. I didn't want to see the Niners uh, carry that Super Bowl home. I'm glad that they're now called the new Buffalo Bills. It uh, doesn't bother me. But also, it does show, JT, that we do need a, a prolific passer type runner to win those games like Mahomes did on that fourth down play. That's what wins the Super Bowls or little things like that. I agree with you on AP and I totally agree with you on Jaden Daniels or someone that can run the ball and get us out of trouble. JT loved the show, loved the Super Bowl, and I'm glad that uh, we're we're on our way back. Yeah, I think we are. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good phone call from John. Down there in San Diego, the the fans, the Raider Nation, the portion that didn't want Kansas City to win was the majority of the fans. But I can get, I understand what was going on in the East Bay and the Bay Area with the Forty Nine er fans and the Oakland Raider fans. That's a hard relationship up there. Hard. I lived it. I saw it up close. I came up with the term Niner Empire. I did. I should have tagged it. Should have had. Should have put. I would have been a billionaire. I came up with that on the radio. Someone picked that for me. Niners are an empire, but they don't close now anymore. 12-5 and five team, a number one seed. Home field advantage throughout the conference championship, and they go to the Super Bowl and they have a 10-0 lead. They have a 19-16 to 16 lead, and they can't close. It's all about closing, and the Niners weren't able to do that. Let's take a look at the sound bites that became the highlights of the game. Uh, Moody gave them a big kick to start off the game. This was a long one to set the tone to go up. We are indoors. The Niners are going to try a 55-yard field goal off the grass. Jake Moody will try it. Long snap from Pepper to get the first score in the Super Bowl. Ball put down. Right foot it is away and good for San Francisco on their third drive of 55-yard field goal to score first in Super Bowl 58 early in the second quarter. That is the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. 55 yards, the previous 54. Steve Christie of the Bills against the Cowboys way back in Super Bowl 28. Amazing. That was a big moment because Moody looked locked in. He made a big, That was 10 plays, 46 yards. It took over four minutes for them to go up 3-0 in this game. And then the wild play where the ball came back to McCaffrey on this 21-yard touchdown. Bagnolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, does a great job of hiding the blitzes and getting after quarterbacks. Chiefs 21, second and 10, shotgun snap. They throw laterally, caught by Jennings, who then throws back the other way. Caught in the far side, McCaffrey, 25, 20, 15, 10, broke a tackle on the number five. Touchdown, San Francisco! The Niners have just scored the first touchdown of Super Bowl 58. A catch and run with some trickery. 21 yards. McCaffrey. The Niners up now. Nine to nothing. Late first half. Late in the first half. That was eight plays, 67 yards. Took 326 off the clock there. You know, the interception 
when we look at Brown's interception from Mahomes, we move now to the third quarter in this game. This was an opportunity. San Francisco made a play, but they got no points out of it. In the shotgun, Mahomes, receivers in tight. Hardman in motion, the fake to him, back to pass Mahomes, short pass up the middle. It's caught at the 20-yard line. It's hit the tight end, Gray, who then runs up to about the 23 of the Chiefs. He picks up 10, Kurt third and 12 on the first possession of the second half. You can't let one play get you down, but man, coming out of the half, you feel like you got some momentum. First play, you fumble it. Now you find yourself on third and long on your first drive. McKinnon has come in. It is third down and 12. Mahomes in the gun is Kansas City 23. Two receivers to the near side. Four-man rush. Shotgun snap. Blocked by the right tackle. Mahomes runs up. Pump fakes. Throws down the far sideline. Intercepted. Intercepted on the leap at the 45. And down going is Tyre Brown. A rookie of Penn State for San Francisco. In front of his bench. Far sideline at the Kansas City 44. One of the big defensive plays in this game in Super Bowl 58. Yeah, so that play happens. They don't gain points. So that, that was, I thought, an X factor in this game. They, he, Mahomes gives you points, and you can't use anything with it. You don't do anything. That's how you lose the Super Bowl. You lose the Super Bowl that way. Now, Buckner is a great kicker, great kicker, too, and they don't want to settle for field goals, but here was one that got them back into the game when they were desperate. It was 57 yards. Chiefs are going to go for a field goal here. That means that Harrison Bucker is going to try a long one. This should be about a 57-yard try. Let's see where they finally get down and mark the ball. It'll be right off the logo on the grass. Longest field goal attempt in Super Bowl history. We've already had the longest made field goal earlier in this game of 55. This would be the longest attempt at a 57. Harrison Butker on the NFL shield. The snap from Winchester. The hold by Townsend. Harrison Butker. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is away. A low line drive. It is Good! Got it! That is a 57-yard field goal, the longest in Super Bowl history. And here it comes in Super Bowl 58 to bring the game now to within four. The Chiefs chip into the San Francisco lead. We have 5-0-1 to play here in the third. We've had the two longest field goals in Super Bowl history. That's Hasn't been a pretty game, but we're breaking records. <laughs> we're breaking we're records. breaking records somehow. <laughs> that field goal. Westwood won on the call. They were breaking records. 57-yarder, and look at all these big field goals. I mean, this is important. I, I, I like to play for touchdowns, but you've got to make these kicks if you want to win the Super Bowl. The only other scoring in the third quarter the 49ers got shut out in the third quarter after the Usher concert. Mahomes to Valdez Scantling. This was a big play to give him the lead. Man, just one of those bad breaks for the 49ers. Red zone defense was the key for the Niners today coming in. That was the message, and here they are. They're going to have to defend it. Four in the line with that muff. 16 is San Francisco. Mahomes in the gun, first and 10. The snap, cocked his arm, throws end zone. Caught, touchdown! Backpedaling, two-handed grab. Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and the Chiefs on a 16-yard touchdown pass have taken their first lead in Super Bowl 58. So after the muff punt, one play, one play, 16 yards, it took four seconds for Kansas City to take the lead. So I think you'd agree the difference in the Super Bowl was the fact that a team turned it over and they couldn't score on it. The 49ers got no points. 
The other team has a couple of them, especially the big one there, and they're able to pick up on it. And Mahomes is able to throw a dagger out there and get it done. So 13-10 heading into the fourth quarter. Let's pause and say, not a great Super Bowl. 13-10 going into the fourth quarter. This is not a classic, not a well-played game by either team. But in the fourth quarter, Purdy stepped up when he had to. Purdy was going to be a player here that needed to make a play. The touchdown at Jennings, this was a beautiful ball. Chiefs been good in this area of the field all year long. It's second down nine at the 10. Purdy is in the gun for the Niners. Four-man front for the Chiefs. McCaffrey off his left hip. Low shotgun snap. Line fly throw. Caught at the five. Between the hash marks. Breaking the tackle. Jennings. Goal line. Tristan. Touchdown. San Francisco. The Niners have recaptured the lead in the fourth quarter in Super Bowl 58. A 10-yard touchdown pass. Jennings earlier on had the first non-quarterback throwing touchdown pass in Super Bowl history there. He catches one and takes it in. Then the extra point that was missed. This was the game, changed everything. It was all on Moody, who had a big leg yesterday and was very accurate except for this kick where he basically didn't hit it off the ground. It was a low liner. Anybody could have blocked it. Here is the extra point. 11.22 to go in the fourth quarter. Ball put down, and the ball was blocked. It ricochets to the side. It's down at the 15, and a block extra point, and the Chiefs still trail by now just three. Wow. They would have trailed by four instead of three. Do the math. I was doing the math at that point. I was doing the math. That was a massive moment in the game. You know, Moody, after that, uh, kicked a 53-yarder. No problem on that. And then we get to this Buckner field goal. Now, remember, the Chief, I told you, we walked you through that part of the game. When Moody hit the field goal, it's because they checked down on third down. Well, Kansas City couldn't go for it. They had to settle for overtime with this kick. He is 5-5 five of five on career postseason field goals when tied or trailing by three. This will be a 29-yarder to tie Super Bowl 58. On the grass, no wind, we're inside. Butker, the snap is good, the kick is up, the kick is perfect, and we are tied. We are tied with three seconds left in Super Bowl 58. 19 to 19. What a drive by Mahomes and the Chiefs to get deep in San Francisco territory and tie this game. Can you imagine if he missed that field goal? I'm not saying it was a, it was a chip shot, but let's just say anything happens. They lose the Super Bowl on that last play. So they had to settle for overtime, and then the play that changed everything. After Moody got the 27-yard field goal, that was 13 plays, 66 yards, 738 it took for the Niners there to get three points. And at the time, I agreed you had to kick the field goal, but you had to hold them for a field goal. Uh, Kansas City had a 13-play uh, drive themselves, 75 yards, and they win it on this play. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back. 
Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58. 25-22 in overtime. Kevin Harlan, great call to wrap up that game. And Kansas City, he's right, is a dynasty. Uh, that's where we are right now. So they're a dynasty. This is Raiders Radio. Uh, when there's not Raiders topics to talk about some days, we'll be talking about other things. Today, this is a Raiders topic on what you thought as a Raider fan. Were you happy at the end that it got to overtime? You said, look, I'm not in control of this as a fan. We'll see how it plays out. Or do you believe, like I did, the Niners were the better team and the Niners, they didn't choke, but the Niners didn't execute. And Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy couldn't come up easily with plays. The offensive line couldn't slow down Kansas City's defensive line. And the game slipped away. Got a half hour to go. My voice is coming back. I want to hear from you. If you're a Raider fan all over the world, it calls today from Puerto Rico, New York, New Jersey, the Midwest, the show of the Raider fans. What do you got to do to get back and get to a Super Bowl, let alone the playoffs, Raider Nation? Kansas City won. It was the worst case scenario because I'm surprised they got by Buffalo. Shouldn't have got by Baltimore. And we're down 10 to the 49ers and found ways to win. Tommy Townsend has sent the punt inside the Kansas City 25. The punt will come from our right to our left. It's a knee-high long snap, a right-footed punt. And here is the ball landing in front of Ray Ray McLeod who gets it out of... Oh, he fumbled! He had the ball and he fumbled it at the 17! The Chiefs have recovered! Oh, calamity! A muff! A muff on the play by the deep back man, Ray Ray McLeod of San Francisco. Retrieved and... First and ten, Chiefs. Another turnover in the game. Trying to figure out what he was thinking right there. I don't know. He's yelling, Peter, 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 but it actually hit the heel of one of his blockers, and that's what he saw. He saw it went off one of his guys' feet. He has to go to try to get it and recover the fumble. Could not secure it. That was a big play in the game. It was a muff. Hit off the defender's ankle. Wasn't wasn't intended to do that. It really ever happens. How does it happen in the Super Bowl? You got to be better than that. And the Chiefs get the ball and they score on the immediate next play. JT, back with you as we thank the M Resort, Spa and Casino. So we want to take your phone calls here the rest of the way as a Raider fan. If you want to get through today, this is the time to do it. I'm free to the top of the hour on how you handled yesterday. I just talked to someone in the hallway who didn't watch it. Did you watch the game? No. Didn't watch it. I, I, I can't watch Kansas City. All right. That's not me. I watched the game. Had a nice time watching the game. Even though I didn't like the outcome, I watched the Super Bowl every year. I get paid to do that. It's a really easy job watching games on TV and talking about it on the radio. I mean, we're not talking about putting out forest fires for me here. But I like the way Kansas City hung around. They hung around. And Andy Reid after the game, I want to get to what happened with Kelsey and him. You know, the pushback was one thing. Kelsey came over to him and got in his face and touched him. And Andy Reid, at that point, you know, I thought Andy Reid handled it well. 
Because you could you could have benched Kelsey the rest of the game. Kelsey had nine receptions. That was one thing. But also read afterwards on the on the podium to CBS on what this title means because this makes him now one of the greats of all time. I've never thought of Andy Reid as one of the greats of all time. I do not. I didn't think it was better than Tom Flores or better than whoever it is. Tom Coughlin's won two Super Bowls. There's other Jimmy Johnson. But this opportunity for Andy Reid was a legacy win. For your legendary career, what does this title mean to you, this one specifically? Man, I don't know, but I'm going to celebrate it with these people right here, man. Hey, on three, one, two, three. How about those Chiefs? That's a nice one. That's a legacy play for him. I love talking legacy. I I enjoy that. Uh, Not with the Chiefs, of course, but I like talking dynasties and legacies. We don't have a lot of opportunities to do that in sports anymore. Recently with the Warriors, with Steph Curry, now the Kansas City Chiefs, before that Tom Brady. LeBron LeBron hasn't had a dynasty. Look at some of the great athletes around the world and their ability to get it done. Uh, Then he was asked about coming back, Andy Reid. I don't think there was much of a topic here, but people were talking about it all week on Radio Row. Andy, you had to come back from 10 points down again, and then you had all this pressure of having to tie the game late in the fourth quarter, down three in overtime. How did this team pull it off? Well, there was no doubt. I mean, the guys were great. Uh, Defense played out of their mind. How about that D, baby? Our defense played great, and then the O just kept persevering and pushing and pushing and pushing and did a great job. I'm so proud of the whole group. Special teams jumped up in there and dominated right at the end there. It was beautiful. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Coaching was the difference. Come on. Uh, not that Kyle's a bad coach. Not, not, it was just a difference on the way Andy Reid was getting accosted by his best player, second best player, and no one erupted on the sidelines. Can you imagine if Travis Kelsey lost this game and he was looked at as bumping Andy Reid on the sideline with Taylor Swift up there? Oh, no one cares anymore. Kelsey's fine with it. Andy Reid's fine with it. No story. None. No story. Kelsey's hanging out with the chain smokers and the trophy last night, taking his shirt off, and the world's right for him. Considering The show today would have been Niners win the Super Bowl. Who's leaving? Andy Reid or Kelsey after that bump and what they're doing. And they would have to clean up that mess. No one will remember. Nobody. It's about the parade coming up in Kansas City. How quickly it changes. Raiders 66 on the flagship of the Raiders. Hey, JT. How you doing today? Good, my friend. You? Uh, I've been better. It was just not a not a good game to watch. But I'm a football fan. It's the last game of the year. But, you know, you, you brought up the point. Uh, I mean, people were talking beforehand. You know, oh, if Andy Reid wins, maybe he'll walk away. And Belichick, no. They're going for the three-peat. You know, in NFL history, it's been – Going on for over 100 years, there's only been two three-peats in the history of the NFL, both by the Packers. One was from, like, uh, 1999 to 31, and they didn't have playoff games back then. It was just if you had the best record, you were the champion. And then the Raiders have been involved in basically three three-peat scenarios. The first one, they lost to the Packers in Super Bowl number 2, and that was the three-peat for Lombardi. That was the second time that it was done. And uh, I don't think anybody was going to beat the Packers on that day. They all wanted to win for the old man. He, it was his last year in Green Bay. He was going to Washington after that. So, But uh, the other two times, the Raiders came out on top. It was uh, 1974. The Dolphins were going for a three-peat. And the uh, Raiders, it took a Herculean effort, the Sea of Hands game, to knock them off. And then, uh, you know, they lost to the Steelers. 
And then two years later, the Steelers were looking for a three-peat, and guess who beat them? The Raiders in 1976 on our way to our first Super Bowl. So the Raiders are very familiar with that three-peat, and it'll be interesting to see who gets that opening night spot on Thursday in September against the Chiefs because the, the schedule for the Chiefs, they've got the Ravens and the, and the Bengals. Those uh, teams have given a little trouble, and they've got the Raiders. And who's the last team to beat the Chiefs this year? It's the Raiders. So I could see that as being the nice send-off for the first game of the year. Thanks for the time, JT. Have a great day. Yeah, uh, the odds of the Raiders winning that game are if it was at Kansas City, would be probably the lowest odds they have, and they deserve. Raiders can beat Kansas City. They just did on Christmas. You don't want to go into the belly of the beast as they raise their banner and have to play, and then if you lose the game, what a nightmare that would be. If the Raiders open up at Kansas City, no, I don't want to see that at all. I want the Raiders to open up at home against an easy team. We all get that? I want the Raiders to open up. Last year they opened up 1-0 at Denver. I think it was 17-16. Jimmy Garoppolo sliding to end the game. 1-0. When the schedule comes out this year, I have all the opponents in front of me. I don't want to open up and have to lose a game. Not that we would, but it's the opening game of the year. There's mistakes made. You're not, you're not, you don't have a rhythm yet. And then have nine days off and potentially go 0-2. I want the Raiders to open up 2-0. I'd like to open up at home against Denver, beat them. Maybe the following week, play an easier game. Whatever it's going to be, go start 2-0. I look at that schedule, and I examine it. And you don't want to play as that road team on the opening night and lose that game. Not that we would. We, the season ticket holders, but I wouldn't want that draw. That's getting a bad hand in a game of blackjack. I don't want to see anything like that. Uh, Here's the Kelsey celebration. Viva Las Vegas. This was an iconic moment, like it or not. Kelsey at the podium is pretty impressive. She's kingdom! Whoever the engineer, Bobby, is with the microphone with that, I don't know how they do it. They actually did a pretty decent job. Can you imagine engineering that and they give the mic to Kelsey, Jim Nance, and then you got Jim Nance at this perfect level, you know, hello, friends, and then Kelsey screaming, Viva Las Vegas. Unbelievable. So today they had the early breakfast. They had the big breakfast, morning breakfast, with the MVP, Patrick Mahomes, was there, and everybody else from the committee handing over the ball to New Orleans. Hours after... Kansas City became the first team in 20 years to go back-to-back. Mahomes was asked about a three-peat. Quote, it would be legendary of a three-peat. No one's ever done it. And we knew it's legendary to win back-to-back. I think eight other teams have done that. We heard it all week. We had talked to our guys about it, that we had it gone back-to-back. We did. We felt like it was the best opportunity that we've ever had to go out there and do it. But to play our best football and to get a three-peat, that would be legendary. So that's going to be the motivation. I think I told one of the Black Hole guys, maybe Cisco or Mark, when they were down 10 nothing. yeah, it was Mark Jones of the Black Hole. I said, hey, Mark, come here. Check this out. If they lose, because they're unraveling at this point. This is Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid. They're unraveling, and they have no points. And I go, this would be perfect. What do you mean? They go into their offseason losing the Super Bowl, being embarrassed, fighting amongst themselves, bad body language. You could argue that that would be the end of the Chiefs. That's about it. 
They got to the mountaintop. Very good team. Not a dynasty. And maybe the Raiders can take their rival spot atop the division. No. Raiders have to chip away and prove that they can make the playoffs before they can say we can make the Super Bowl. You got to win the playoffs in a playoff game before you can start talking about beating the Chiefs and going to the Super Bowl. That's the work that's got to be done around here. It's a big task. Tom Telesco brought in. They hit a home run in the draft, get that type of player, and maybe, maybe get the player, the quarterback, that could bring the stability of the position for the Raiders organization for the next 10 years so we could all think that we're going back-to-back or get there pretty consistently. You can't do it without a quarterback. Look at Brock Purdy. He's pretty good, kind of fluky. Mr. Irrelevant going to the Super Bowl with a 10-point lead. Purdy is in Joe Montana. Purdy is in Mahomes. We have to find someone who's much better than Purdy coming out of college like the Heisman Trophy winner. Get him in here. Going to have to give up a lot to get him and say, you know what? I got a new perspective on the Raiders now. It might take an extra year, but we got the guy who could be the next Mahomes. He probably won't be the next Mahomes, but he could be a really good player. Hey, congratulations to the Raiders for hosting a super party last night. One of the best I've ever been to. The lineup was fantastic. The music, the food. My buddy Chef Barry. Oh, I love Chef Barry cooking. And the family of the Raider Nation together. Not celebrating the Chiefs, but celebrating Las Vegas where the Raiders shined the entire week. Knock loose, wide near side, ties his man up, clears the zone, and the clock runs out. Vegas holds on and defeats Arizona 3-2. JT, welcome back, everyone. So that was fun. Wanted to share that. My wife wanted to go to a concert, and she's into sports, but we tried to do a lot of things throughout Super Bowl, and that was a highlight over at the Cosmopolitan. So that was fun. I highly recommend Luke Combs coming off the Grammy Award performance with Tracy Chapman, which was fantastic. I didn't know a lot of his songs, but I liked the concert. It was fantastic there. Uh, yesterday was part of the Dre's big outdoor party for Corona. That was fun, right in the heart of the Strip. Had a good time there. Mark Davis's party afterwards, which was a lot of fun. We're going through the list of people who performed at this, and it's just an array. Uh, we were having fun saying it. it was like someone took Mark Davis's iPod of all of his friends, and all the friends that he has on his phone, and Mark just called them up and said, hey, I'm doing something. We're going to come out and play for our organization. Bravo to the Raiders and everybody who put that together. That was a big, big deal. Uh, we had our remote at Cafe Americano on Friday where Michael Irvin showed up with Eddie George. That was a shock and surprise. Good to see Michael came by and supported us there. A few people asked me what were my favorite interviews from Radio Row. It was Stephen A. Smith. It was a very good one. We enjoyed that. And then the Hall of Famers, Fred Bolitnikoff coming down. Fred didn't do any media, little bit. Uh, maybe two radio shows, including ours. So, Ted, I missed that. Did they show the Raider legends lighting the torch on the Super Bowl? I don't, th- I don't know if they did because Fred Bolitnikoff, Jim Plunkett, and Marcus Allen lit the torch. Again, I didn't see every second of the Super Bowl, but did they at least go back and show it? Because I saw some screenshots of it, but I don't know if they showed it on the live broadcast. And then Usher, I thought Usher was pretty good. Coming out with the roller skates on and playing all the hits. And, you know, Little John is there. Then you see Ludacris come out. And 
all the other special. I thought it was fantastic. Alicia Keys. That was a nice set. That was a good set of music by Usher at halftime there. And then the rest of Las Vegas, all the watch parties. CBS had the set up right in front of the Bellagio Fountains. Thought that was a home run other than their weather early in the week. Right, man, that looked good. That looked good for them. And then all the culinary kickoffs and other events that we saw here in town. I hope you got a chance to go to the NFL experience. Maybe you went to a party or two. How did Vegas pull this all off? I went from Resorts World to Fountain Blue. I was at Virgin for a little bit over the weekend there. Most of the time at the Cosmo. Cosmopolitan was fantastic. So all the places that we went to on the Strip. And as far as I can tell, no one got injured. I don't think we had any anything serious there. I don't know the numbers on, I know there weren't any fatalities or anything. You want to have the Super Bowl go off and have no injuries and people getting hurt and all that. That's very important to the police. The police and fire and emergency workers in this town. Bravo. And then finally our stadium. The stadium looked amazing. Incredible. My son was sending me some shots from where he was sitting during the Super Bowl, and I've, I've been to every single NFL game ever played in that building except the Super Bowl. And I wanted my son to go. He went, and he had the best day of his life. He just loved it, and he's a diehard Raider fan. He doesn't, he wanted Kansas City to win, and he doesn't care about the Niners, but he did not want Kansas City to win. And the weather looked good with the crowds walking over and everybody having fun. Today I just saw online uh, the airport. I call it, I choose to call it Las Vegas International. The busiest day ever, ever, not this year, ever is today. I don't know what that's like. Uh, the chaos of getting in and out of the airport, which I think normally moves pretty well. Uh, the Uber, Lyft drivers, people, uh, the cab drivers who worked, all the cabbies there that had a lot of fun. We got into a cab for a short cab ride, Bobby, and he hits the meter because it's Super Bowl and it starts off at $15.68. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, it's, it's a Super Bowl tag. I go, really? We, we sat down, sat down in the seat because we had to get a cab. We couldn't get a ride share. 1568 to sit down to get in a cab. I guess there's some taxes and rules around here. And then the rest of the experience of downtown. I didn't make it downtown, but I saw Chef Barry. He cooked at Mark Davis's events, and I recommend going to Barry's Steakhouse. My buddy J.O.D. at One Steak of Virgin had a lot of celebrities out there having a lot of fun. And then all the other resort corridors that we do business with. Oh, the, the Mike Ditka party real quickly. One of my favorite parties, we went there on Thursday night. It was freezing. So went there with a lot of Raider alumni, and we got there. We hung on as long as we could. Cigars, they had more memorabilia Great wine that's serving the Bolitnikoff's wine, and everybody was standing there shivering, freezing. They had some heat lamps that helped, but I really felt bad for the Ditka Jaws party because it was a great, it could have been an iconic party, but just, it was just ice-cold freezing. That was my only complaint about the whole Super Bowl, just the early part of the week in the weather. If you were outside or if you wanted to be outside, it was a little bit chilly. But now the weather looks great here. So that's it, Bobby. We'll do tomorrow. We'll have a plan to do kind of the same thing, but I want to at least touch on the entertainment side of the Super Bowl a little bit more. We'll hear more about Kansas City's post game here over the next couple of days. And then we'll start diving into Raiders content and mixing in the NBA, mixing in basketball and the Golden Knights, rugby. I'm going to be a part of the rugby event out here. We're going to start talking sports. And then when there's days where the Raiders are popping and they're at the Combine and there's news and we get to coach on and all that, we'll do all that. But I've done this rodeo before. The day after the Super Bowl, you sit around and go, ooh, 
Okay, <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to talk sports, all different types of sports, because we do a sports talk show. We're going to do the YouTube. We'll do the YouTube tomorrow, the live stream, JT the Brick YT. It's a miracle I got through the show with the voice. I'll be on three hours tonight, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, 4 to 7, today and tomorrow, and then a little siesta road trip for a couple days. And then be back next week after the holiday. Harry Ruiz will be in for me for a couple of days. And Harry knows how to drive Raiders contact. Uh, Q's coming up next. He was fantastic over at Radio Row. He did a bunch. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of stories to tell you. And your continued reaction to Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Appreciate it. Thank you guys.